Hi, Marcus. Hi, Jane. Welcome. Um, I'm going to introduce you, and then I will give you an opportunity to add anything to that introduction if you'd like to. Mm -hmm. This is Marcus Schneitze. He owns a Center for Body Awareness with about 20 years of experience in this work in Amsterdam. Marcus's style is a personal blend which pulls from the Grinberg Method and TRE, which is Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises. He also draws a lot in his work from his experience performing on stage as a dancer and actor. Spatial awareness, presence, and taking space. He's also well studied in the Alexander Technique and is very influenced by that. Um, he is a trained facilitator of circling and we flow. He teaches body awareness to film actors and also now teaches workshops uh, in body awareness for practitioners in Amsterdam. So Marcus, can you talk a little bit about what um, this Center for Body Awareness is and how you came to that type of work in Amsterdam? Hmm. Um, the, how did I come? I came to Amsterdam originally to study dance and I was a professional dancer. And within that, I, I started late dancing, um, age 23, and I encountered many physical limitations. And it was actually Alexander Technique which saved my career. And, uh, and, and from there, I uh, approached and uh, a way of, of, of working with the body, uh, which which really intrigued me. And I thought like, I want to do something like that after my dance career. And when I started to look into that in the second half of my career, after five, six years, I discovered other modalities, which also were really beautiful. And for some reason, I was at that time very attracted to to the Greenberg method. Not even sure yet if I want to become a professional practitioner, but just I, I love knowledge and I love experiential knowledge. So I, I, I inscribed for the first year, for another year, and 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 just got into it. And the part of the training was uh, from the beginning on after the first week to work with clients. So you build up uh, your flying hours, and that's what I did. And 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 from yeah, I did that from yeah. I, I slipped into that from two thousand three on, uh, having clients and 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 more and more stopped dancing. Uh, of uh, around in, in two thousand five, and then uh, slowly progressed to more. Uh, yeah, to more body work, and there was a conflict with me and the Greenberg Method organization. I, I felt limited in my freedom, and I thought it became more more dogmatic. So I stepped out and looked for other modalities, and 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 allowed myself to integrate these things and develop my own style. And yeah, here I am. I think that there was a, that's the short version of, of, of how I how I started body work in Amsterdam. And what is the Greenberg method like? Not it doesn't need to be super detailed, but just to get a sense of your um, yeah your introduction to this world. Um, Greenberg method is is um, 
is a, uh, a style of bodywork uh, founded by Avi Greenberg and and what was um, it was the first time that I had uh, in I had one, twice a session before I started to study and it intrigued me enough to study it and now looking back what is what what he learned is really to to use awareness to uh, to your body uh, about fear pain shame and these kind of things and how 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 it uh, blocks us or it limits us in patterns and how to release these patterns and it was there that i started to get this lens on of hey there's patterns and they're connected to the body not only to the mind and touch might be part of what might uh, give access to the client um, how do how do play with these patterns and how to allow uh, a change in the system and you mentioned coming up against physical limitations as a dancer what were what were those hmm um, yeah that's a good question uh, overall I was really stiff and 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 I uh, I was not accepting a couple of uh, European dance schools uh, because of my age and specifically because of my stiffness because I didn't train and whatever and and I thought I can compensate uh, a lot of these things with extra eagerness which led to more injuries especially in my knees um, um, and what I really, uh, looking back now, what I, what I was like, I, I tried to do, there was a lot, I have my share of childhood trauma, which created a lot of tension in my body. And I tried to overcome that tension with more force, which didn't really work uh, sustainably. Um, and it was Alexander Technique, which showed me, hey, if you actually let go, if you really let go, then your movement becomes soft. You will not have injuries, not like this kind of, of thing. So there was this um, limitations I ran into. Mm -hmm. And um, in the end, uh, yeah, I, some of the stuff I really could solve and it became really soft. Some of stuff stuff is like I learned, I had to learn that this is my body and these are the limitations of certain styles of dancing will be not it's not for me even if i would like to they're not it's, uh, and then i become more like uh, i when i started to accept that i could more see my performance qualities being on stage and being really present and that actually being just present on stage is very often more intriguing for the audience than spectacular tricks which of course I wanted also to do, but, and I had my special sets of, of tricks, but it was, I mean, there were so many dancers out there, which was so much better than me on that level. So. Right. Okay. Let's talk about your work now. Um, so the word tension gets used a lot in, in hands-on work with clients, muscle tension, fascia tension, maybe other kinds of tension too. Um, this is a question that I love asking various people who come on this podcast. What is tension? How do you relate to that word or that concept? Hmm. Well, if, if it's come to that 
definitely there are certain structures can be tensed. Uh, I like to look at states of body, mind, emotion system and tension is a way of somehow a contraction or a, like alertness activation in your nervous system if you talk about nervous system and it's a way of protecting it uh, somehow it's um it, it's something in your system trying to create a safety this way um protection and very often it's learned by by uh, circumstances by early childhood patterns by traumas whatever um to to, to to use this contraction this alertness this kind of tension and for me the thing is like can we find to explore if you uh, what happens if you let go that part and uh, do you feel safe enough still and uh, can you use uh, tension contraction alertness uh, more fluidly going in and out according to what the situation needs there what was a point when yeah no no go ahead now there was a point when when i started uh, to find out that i can release tension that i can relax tension that i can, can get more grounded that i demanded from myself to do that all the time until i discovered it's quite naive for me and uh and not sustainable to be all the time open and vulnerable and 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 receiving that there's many situations where that is uh, where that would be yeah very harmful to myself and to my system. Yeah, yeah. I think about what I've read about wild animals just moving in and out of like sympathetic, parasympathetic all day as appropriate. You know, just alternating fluidly between the two. Um, what are things that you do? to help your clients feel more safe. You mentioned safety in, um, in releasing tension. Well, this is a, something I like that question because it was something I throughout my work that I, I became one of my learning passes that, that actually many of the things I did learn in the beginning on the style of practice were not safe or not safe to everybody in every moment so um what what really for me constitutes sa safety nowadays is attunement seeing what what is there and and giving that like where's the client if does he feel overwhelmed or not um and giving things in a kind of freedom like hey uh, are you um, like I, I, my, most of my wording is, is uh, invitations, suggestions um, in this kind of style, um, not too much like you have to do this or that or but like I, I'm asking, I'm, I think 90% of the times there's like a constant like uh, offering and checking for agreement or not. Um, and that that became more and more like my style of of working, which I wasn't in the beginning. The way how I learned 
my first body work was like the client needs to undress in his underwear and lay on the table and then I uh, and, and then slowly slowly I found out hey not everybody feels comfortable laying in his underwear um, and it's already and that, then I found out that actually laying on your back already feels very exposed for some people it's already too much to lay simply with the front open to the world um, and I couldn't imagine it because it wasn't my my point of reference but uh, it was like a, um, learning by observation and by feedback of people like uh, what 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 is more effective and why a certain process is not happening um, yeah it's, and so so I, I think in general for me safety is a lot about um, empowering the client to at every moment to check um, boundaries to check what is alive in them uh, and, and and giving the freedom to interact so in this sense uh, a session nowadays in, in back in the days was much more a treatment I do something to a client so he's mostly and nowadays I see it more as a mutual learning process and I'm so really willing and open for clients uh, participation and bringing in what is alive in them and and see whether that um, in which way that uh, gives me information what might be the good thing to follow through yeah so would does that mean that sometimes you would work with people on a table other times it would be there would be movement involved yeah absolutely um, uh, many sessions are on a table on a massage table, but there's also sessions where, where where we just sit in the space and we we exploring what is happening in the client, more like a circling style thing, um, like what is happening and from there giving suggestions. Hey, and if you would do now this, and or, or if I enter a bit closer to your space, what is changing in your experience and uh, what, and then like. Uh, I noticed that you put down your eyes when I come closer and you try to push me away. How would it be to push me away with your eyes, uh, having eye contact with me and really mean also with your eyes to push me away. And I, I remember a session where a client chose to sit on one corner of the of, of my of my space in the corner and and from there share the experience and, ex and she exploring how it is to be present with me and mean just being present and, and, and following her her um, suggestions where she wanted to put me so she she could explore her sense of boundary and safety in that. Mm, amazing. Yeah, so it sounds like it sounds like you have a big toolbox that you pull from and there's all these different ways the sessions can look. Let's say somebody is coming in for a first session um mm. what would a typical first session look like where you're kind of defining that format based on your client's needs yeah um my usual format for that is that i i, I schedule a two-hour appointment N normally a session with me is one hour um like a follow-up session but intake is two hours and the first hour is dedicated or the first five quarters even often in reality uh, is really just a conversation 
and I it's for me to get known to the client what what information share I, I usually my, my first question is uh, how can I serve you um, and from there uh, or what brought and what did you what brought you here what are you expecting to to get out of this and from there I often just um, listening and asking information about family background about um, uh, also a party's medical history um, just to be sure to you know having contraindications or things to be aware of um, uh, medicaments medicines these kind of things um, um, pregnancies, fractures, accidents, chronic diseases, uh, anything, uh, sleep and food patterns, and uh, and so from that I like I have a certain list where I work myself through to to be sure to cover all the things. But the question which interests me most is uh, how does your day look like? Uh, what are you happy to do? What makes you happy in life? Um, because I, the way how I look at clients is, is uh, they are persons with qualities and they, they have a, a unique set of qualities and they use this all their life to come up to this point where they come to me. So there's some, something in them is strong and surviving, otherwise they wouldn't come to me. Uh, and how can we use these qualities um, in a more efficient way in, uh, because usually the patterns they developed right now somehow creates a stuckness on a physical level, on an emotional level, on a psychological level. Somehow they're stuck, otherwise they wouldn't come to me. Um, there's these rare cases which just come out of curiosity, but then that's the quality we can work with. Um, um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to define in the intake sessions, what is this quality in you and how it's maybe uh, overused right now or used in an inefficient way and how can we open up the patterns and uh, finding variations whilst um, appreciating and honoring what this pattern brought to you in your life as well. So I don't want to replace one pattern by another one. I want to, I want it to be accessible for you, but maybe less often accessed in, in your day to day life. And usually my last question in the intake is uh, or one of the last question is, uh, if you would be in front of a fairy now, uh, like a, you know, a fairy from uh, fairy tales, instead of in front of me, what would be the wish you would ask this fairy uh, concerning your own life? Um, because it shows somehow the happiest dream of that person, what, what he would, uh, would like to achieve. And, and somehow it gives, yeah, it gives this intrinsic motivation what a person is drawn to. Um, and very often it's already a bit in line with what we discussed before, but it gives very often another insight like, oh, this is really something I would want or, or things. So, and even the process of formulating this question until it seems to fit to this very moment is very beautiful to watch and to, to explore and the, uh, again, a lot of verbal and nonverbal information 
from that uh, because you see if people become more alive and excited or, or things like this yeah are there any patterns that are common in people that come to you hmm Yeah, yes and no. Um, I think some, some of the patterns are, you know, many of the patterns are universal. So it's, uh, um, fear, um, shame, uh, trying to stay in control, having a sense of control, uh, um, making a, a feeling of not being good enough, um, uh, having to do an effort to deserve a place uh, in the world. Um, that would be like more emotional and psychological patterns. And very often the clients come um, with uh, signs of exhaustion or like uh, a burnout stuff i've seen this a lot um quite some with some kind of abuse uh, sexual abuse or emotional abuse neglect neglecting i don't this this is the interesting thing uh, for me is like the it's also uh, it reminds me of a question which in the in the preparation you 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 gave me is every time i make a personal step in my in my personal development or spiritual development or however you want to call it usually it immediately applies with the next clients coming it it's like um, there was my personal trauma from uh, as an example, um, I grew up very Catholic with very repressed sexual things and, and the, the kind of information I got was men are all pig, women are just victims of male uh, lust and sexuality. And, and my conclusion was I never want a woman, a woman to feel unsafe because of my sexuality. And when I when I worked with that, and that was actually a, a thing I, which came up uh, within in, in, in my circling training, uh, in, in my things, and, and, and I, I became so aware of my pattern of like, I'm keeping, I'm holding all the time back uh, and in the contact with, with women. When I got more freedom and liberation in that, that this, this constant holding back stops, I discovered two things. First of all, what happens is not that every woman feels victimized. I mean, I knew it, but it's it's another on an experience level. It's like, hey, I can experience people another way. And the second thing which really uh, throw me off was that suddenly straight out of that three women came and in, in the index eight, I want to work with my on my sexuality with you. I was like, hey, uh, so apparently like there's like this reflection of, of, of my own processes and what, what I'm able to give to clients. Um, and every time I make a step, this pattern seems to be emerging in the, in the process with clients. Mm. 
what are the um physical body structures that you're that you're targeting with your touch um muscles fascia organs bones yeah um i i look a lot the the way how i look at a, a a client when i start to touch is is somehow the whole system in a way and 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 states a, a person can be emotional physical um states of body and mind and so and there's a kind of awareness that wherever i touch it probably impacts the whole system and it gives me a kind of a lot of freedom in a way to like uh, to just in a way like where to start and where to go so i i do look a lot i attach a lot muscle and fascia definitely uh, uh it's also I consider it very often a very safe way of, of starting uh, with people. Um, but I do also start organs. Uh, I touch uh, organs. I, do, I touch bones as a very specific way of clients becoming aware of, of, of the bony structure inside. It, it's a very unique way of, of, of grounding and, and dropping out of effort. Um, I use sometimes just awareness, like 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 having a hand above a region, and so the client senses the the presence of of a hand, rather than having me really touching on it. Um, yeah, so there's no, there's no like um, the only really no go for me is uh, really genitals. Um, I think if a client would ask me specifically to, to, to touch them there, I would first, uh, have first put a, like a framework. What is the aim of that? And what is, I could imagine if somebody would ask me, for example, uh, deep scar tissue work, uh, after, uh, after, I don't know, operation or, uh, delivery um that i would be open to do that and at the same time i think there's people who are really trained in that and better uh but otherwise than that i think i, I, I touch really all structures um uh yeah inside mouth uh ears around the eyes um uh yeah bones many 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 bones many connection between the like um how, how they called in in um in english uh the tendons the the connection between the bone and the muscle like this this kind of fabric uh tissue um i i touch as well and i look in general i look much more like oh what is the impact on the system and where does it move and where does it start to release and where's the flow going and where does the flow stop so very often i start for example, in the neck or the shoulders, and I invite to breathe there to bring the presence there, and from there, I see ah oh yeah the diaphragm, the belly starts to to move, but not completely. So I might go move to the belly, um, and then uh, I see that that somehow the energy gets stuck in the in the hips. So I might uh, ask if it's okay that I put my hands on the on the hips and the groins. 
So, so it's, um, I, I don't think too much about specific structures, like in terms of a muscle or whatever, I, I'm, I'm going more like, oh yeah, there's this layer, there's this layer, and then I want to reach off of that. And throughout the session, you're kind of following a flow. Yeah, I, I, oh, good question. Uh, in the end, I, I look in a kind of a flow, a kind of release, a kind of uh, a sense of surrender of the client to, 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 to allow to be with what is present. Um, yeah, that many, Go ultimately, ultimately, many, many patterns, uh, as, as, as at the core it is that, that we learned as a kid to not allow a certain intensity and we developed a coping mechanism to, to downregulate this kind of intensity. Um, and so a lot is um, teaching the client, how can you allow a bit more of this kind of intensity, the intensity of a fear, the intensity of a shame, the intensity of a pain, uh, the intensity of an anger being really present in you. Ooh, that's really interesting to me. I think a lot about what I'm doing in my process is always expanding my capacity, or I also think of it like as an aperture or something like that. And I have all of these things that I do internally that like, I would call them really subtle moves that I do that are always kind of finding that edge and trying to open it wider. But I find it very hard to talk about and communicate with people about how to find that in their own process. And I'm curious, um, besides inviting people to feel more fear or feel more anger, are there any ways that you communicate with people or is it, is it just that your presence kind of offers that to people? No, no, I invite, I look, what is the, what, how does this state, this pattern looks to me, look, looks to me right now. Um, and I, I had the client, for example, who was very trained in meditation. And, and when I touched that very client, uh, in a way which triggered a pain sensation, I could see that she, that, or, or my impression was, I, I usually share my impressions or the, the impact on me, the impression uh, there was like, Hey, I, it's painful. And she said, yes, it's painful. And she immediately went into a, like a, a style of, can I be with the pain in a silence way? And can I transform the pain? And it was like automatic, it was such a trained muscle in that client that she immediately tried to transform. And, and then it's like, and that's what I observe. And then it's like, no, hey, but how would it be to, to acknowledge the pain in a different way, in a more, not, not in this internalized way, but in a more externalized way, right? And how would it be to really use your voice and maybe allow your body to move or to contract because all of this was was not happening in this moment with pain. So there was my my looking for a variation. And in this moment, this client who, who was like a, a person who, who who did lots of spiritual work and a lot of developed work, she she accessed a different way 
in her in her nervous system in her state and and started to use sound at first very reluctant and things because her system was not used to that and then i was like hey we can do it also as a playfulness you know if the pain is 10 you scream loud if it's pain is five you scream a bit less uh, so, so and from there suddenly the flow happened because her usual way uh, stopped and, and she got access to another layer of experience of her pain than what she was usually um, uh, known to. If somebody is very expressive all the time about the pain, almost like more like trauma queen or whatever, then I would probably decline to invite, hey, how would it be to be more silent and more, more internal? And can you be with the intensity without all the time moving and without? So I'm usually look what is there, what is the style and what would be the variation on that style? Nice, nice. It's really nice that people can scream in your space. <laughs> yeah, um, I, um, I'm very lucky with patient neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I do invite, for me also the, the throat, or, uh, because you asked before about um, stru um, structures, for me the throat is one of the key places I'm looking, uh, um, what, what is happening there, because it's a place where the breathing goes through, the voice is going through, the food is going through, and it's a place where we can interfere uh, with our consciousness directly. Like we, we can we can make uh, choices around how we breathe. We can make choices about using our voice, and and there's many cultural patterns about the throat and the voice and the breathing. So so it's a very rich area of uh, of um, starting to interact in the context of body learning. So you might do. Um... You might prompt people with breath stuff or with vocal expression to explore the throat. Yeah, but both of it. It's like yeah. um, it's it, it's really like um, I I read a lot. I, I pick up a lot of information like uh, like in a kind of um, kaleidoscopic um, patchwork style, and I from there I form. Um, personal working hypothesis about from what I saw in London, like, hey, if this is like this, how do you do So that I bring them to clients and most of this working hypothesis somehow show up effective. Maybe they're not completely correctly in a scientific sense, but they are, they are useful tools in, in, my, in my way. And in my workshops, when I'm teaching now other practitioners, I I also introduced them as my personal working hypothesis without any uh, scientific background, but but uh, as a kind of a model, which uh, which might be and we should be tested on apply application whether it works or not, and throat, um, yeah, it's a very rich thing, and there's like you know if if people go into a freeze, it blocks their voice. I mean, if you're in a freeze and you try to be invisible then using your voice is uh, it's naturally switched off. So asking them to, to, to play with the voice, trying to find back the voice is already a doorway into coming out of a freeze state, for example.
Um, you mentioned tendons when you were talking about structures. I haven't, I don't know much about working with tendons. Is there anything notable or unusual about tendons versus muscles, for example? Hmm. My my first thing what comes up is uh, why you don't explore yourself uh, and and start to to look in your own body tendons and what if you will touch more the tendons than the muscle you know um, uh, well tendons also can be tight and they can loosen up. And there's a lot of sensoric uh, thing, a lot of the proprioceptic uh, stuff and interoception is in the tendons, and 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 giving giving touch to it and and loosening up the structures and also giving in a way information to the body about itself by touching it uh, creates a lot of change already. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I can say about the tendon stuff. Like uh, there's, there's like, a, and what, from what I saw in a in a in a book about trigger points, several trigger points are actually more on the tendon uh, than than anywhere else. Okay, um, you also said something about the skeletal system, something about encouraging people's awareness there, and that helping them. I can't remember exactly what you said, like dropping yeah. some layer of effort. Can you say yeah. more about it? Well, the, 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 um, what I, talking in terms of states, um, my personal working hypothesis, uh, uh, or how I, how, how I use it is, uh, muscles and tendons and nervous system can be uh, active or tensed or less active or, and relaxed or whatever. Bones are just bones. Bones are. They don't do anything. They cannot be tense. They, cannot, they can be broken at times, but otherwise bones just are. So dropping into awareness of your bones brings you to a kind of state where, where you, you can feel that um, and uh, and becoming aware of the how it forms structure in your body, and I see you already do, uh, starting to to exploring it, um, can bring you in a place of effortlessness, being, and therefore a kind of groundedness of uh, of um, um, of presence, where you don't do an effort. No, you just are because bones are just are and they create structure without any effort. And with another body worker, we were exploring um, these two different states uh, where, where, where bones are the structure where all the other stuff is hanging on, like the muscle and the tendons are hanging on the bones and, they are, and, and, the, and the muscle is moving the bones, but actually they are supporting the things versus the experience of the bones are actually embedded in all in this other tissue. They are deep down and in. And how, how how is my experience changing? Whether I feel my bones embedded versus 
um, being the structure where all the other tissues are hanging on. And it's fun. It, it really changes your experience. And I very often, very regularly touch the, the forehead skull or the, the, the back head of skull. But especially the forehead. Uh, so people, very often this region here, people are aware of the place of thought. And, and really making people aware that there's like a physical structure, the skull, which is just a skull. And being present of the place, not as the place of thought, but as a physical structure. Yeah, yeah, you, you had a glimpse already of that, uh, just, just dropping it. It's like, oh yeah, I can, I can change my perception about myself this way. Is it hard for anybody to find that awareness of their skeletal system? What usually happens, the first thing is when I start to work on bones, is that people go in a kind of trancey state, you know, like a samey, uh, like a samey sleep state, which uh, because the whole system slows so much down, like. Mm. And, and I call it the integration mode. So, um, and that, that's also something I learned throughout the years to trust that place, you know, that awareness is not always means that you, that you are aware with your cognitive brain can being able to describe that awareness of states also means like, oh yeah, I'm going in this dream state where I cannot like something in my body is happening and my consciousness is somehow um, fading a bit more out and trusting that this is also a useful state to be. Actually, it's a, I think it's a very important state of integrating and, 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 and recovering. Cool. Uh. Um, so my next question comes from a friend of mine and this is the person that I, I know of you from. Um, I have not, I have not, gotten work from you, I hope to someday, but I know of you because a friend of mine went to do a session with you and texted me afterward to like rave about it. And I really trust her like taste in, in, in body work. And, um, and she, when she texted me about it, something that she said, the way she described it was that it's like, it's like releasing stuff at the absolute deepest level. And so I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about what that's like on your end. Um, you and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording and you mentioned something about like the role of the witness, the way that you are in your work when you're witnessing people or receiving people. I, I think of it sometimes as like listening to listening with your your full body, your full being. What is it? How do you experience people's bodies? their systems, what's your internal experience like of receiving somebody's body that you're working hmm. with? Hmm. Yeah, the words which come up first is um, I really try to be in the other person's world and really and it's very different with different clients. I, I, and there's really 
clients were I don't know where they are exactly why it's very shallow guessing where it is um, and there's other clients I can literally read the thoughts I can perceive everything on, on, on every level of their on, on almost every level and um, that's part of what I learned as well is to give it back to clients as a like um, as my as my experience as my assumption about the experience um and some of them are almost scared how how exact and how precise it is and for many clients it's also helpful to actually feel themselves better to have like these my external uh experience and giving their back explicitly about themselves and one of the mysteries of me is and i'm still um i, I started to, uh, to accept it and not seeing it as a personal failure but as a more like a dynamic between clients there's clients where this there is incredible synchronous and there's clients where it doesn't work and i you know i couldn't find out yet what are the parameters which clients there is this is this uh this easy reading happening and wh what are the characteristic of parameters of a client where i can't read and i can't completely access um you asked me about my inner experience the best description and probably this sounds very vague is that like i felt imaginary kind of organ hand slash finger is tra tracking inside the person what is happening um and 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 like uh, and getting like it's not really images in the sense that i see them but it's like a, a sensation in me like hey now something is happening in your hips now your uterus is contracting now um you're thinking about your grandmother uh now um it's like impressions um, I get when yeah looking is part of it but it, it feels more like an internal looking uh, to that place it's like it's more like a question I ask myself hey I wonder what is happening there or I wonder how that is feeling now um, and and very often it's 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 very clear to me with most of the clients or the ones I come back, and with some clients it's not. It's like I cannot track or trace them. Yeah, that, I'm I love not sure if that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's probably more we can we can get into, but um, I love the way that it sounds like circling is so important in your process. But I'm kind of wondering um how how much of the session you would spend talking with people versus when would you drop in and stay in silence together hmm. you mean like in a regular session when working on a table or something um I think there's somewhere between 20 and 80% is talking or is also involving talking with the touch, uh, either describing 
uh, experiences or asking about or you know, the, me describing or the client asking for what is happening, what is changing, what is sensation, like like trying to verbalize the experience um, and the, the, the awareness and the change. Um, there's moments where I go more to autopilot and I, my hands are doing things and I'm actually thinking about my shopping list or something and I was like, oops. Uh, so I can use also myself to redirect into, into to the present moment by what's your experience. So I'm, 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 I'm like uh, reattune myself to the person. I'm, I'm always yeah, noticing my my capacity of, of being present can vary between, I don't know, 50 to 100 percent. And in the, in the beginning, uh, again, I, I blame myself for not being 100 percent present all the time. And now I'm more playful and forgiving towards myself. That's part of the process. Um, and then, okay, try to redirect myself to that thing. So in terms of, of talking, there's quite some talking involved as a way of, of, of keeping the, uh, growing the awareness of what is happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you mentioned a lot of the sensations and intuitions, I would describe them, that you're getting like about, oh, something's happening in the hips. Would you feel that in your hips or is it a more general sense than that? Now, many people ask me, it's a kind of imagination in the other person's body. It's like, a, a, it's like um, if, a, I, if it would be like, if it would, if it would be now a moment, a long, a couple of minutes together, I, I, I could, uh, I could tune into it and then, then I, I could suddenly get a kind of, uh, emanation of, Hey, I imagine something in your diaphragm is happening or whatever, you know? And, or it's like, it's not that I feel it in myself too much. It's not that, that, that's not how I usually, uh, describe my experience. I really see it more happening or experiencing in the other person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's grown over the over the years that you've been working. Was it something that you always kind of had? I think so. I think so that I, I, I and I think that was part of my traumatic experiences that I did not know what to do with the sensitivity, feeling the fear of other people and not being guided in that. And I remember that the first time I noticed that I really could track people was uh, giving a, a fellow dance student a massage. I loved, in a way, like since my early childhood, uh, I loved touching people and it felt like a good um, distortion of my sexual desires, being allowed to touch other uh, people by giving them massages. And uh, uh, no, I don't, I'm, I'm making now somehow a, a story, a narrative. Actually, I just enjoyed also touching and there was this other aspect. But I remember in, in dance school, uh, when I was 23 or whatever, giving a fellow student a foot massage and starting to describe what 
I imagine she's experienced in this moment from moment to moment. Like really, like I was touching her heel and say, yeah, here it's a bit more painful, here it's a bit more soft. Here it's very enjoyable. Here you have a kind of pain. And if I go around, you really enjoy actually when I wrap it around, like a wrap around the heel. I, I really now I get a very vivid memory of that thing. And she was like, this is so amazing. It's like, you are so accurate. And it was the first time that I, I saw, oh yeah, apparently I can really sense into people's experiences um, on the millimeter. Mm. So, and th so there was, uh, there was in 92 and I started my bodywork training in 2003 or something. So there was, a, so I think it's, but honestly, I think it's, highly developed and trained in me. I th uh, I'm really convinced that this is present in everybody. Like musicality or something. Uh, many people ask me, hey, you, how you have it? Said, uh, it's like this. I think everybody can do this. I mean, you know, not, not, not on a professional level, but, but most of the people enjoy music. Most of the people uh, can hum music, whatever musicality is a human uh, thing and I think this this kind of uh, sensitivity uh, being inside or containing the other person or something I think it's a, it's a it's a way actually how kids learn the first few years from the parents or the environment and it's just well trained and well developed in, in my case yeah I agree it feels very um uh, foundational to human connection to me. Um, if I talk too much, uh, feel free to, to cut me. Yeah. No, no, no. It's great. Uh, so this is another question from my friend who has received work from you. Um, how does consciously triggering pain help to release it? And what are the conditions that allow for that to happen? Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm, I, 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 I partly answered that already beforehand. In a way, it's uh, for me, it's not about the pain. For me, it's about the pattern around pain. So when I touch a structure, for example, um, uh, usually that structure, like when I explore and, that, and I find the structure which is tensed, or contracted or, or somehow out of balance in, in some way. Sometimes it's my sense of of that it's that something feels a bit swollen and there's too much liquid kind of style or whatever, you know, but it feels out of balance. My assumption is that uh, there, there's something around the pattern and that's why and that's why it's it's uh, holding on to this or it's it's used in this style. And touching that place is painful because it's out of balance, not because I create pain. Um, and when I touch it and it triggers pain, usually people put up the coping me mechanism around pain. And then I start to explore and usually it's holding breath or, or try to overcome it or to try to be strong or try to move away from the place of pain or like, like that's like the whatever personal style people develop around pain patterns 
And then I stay there and, and I try to make them aware, like, hey, this and this is happening, or this is happening. Um, uh, you're holding your breath. It looks like you lock your voice. You try not to use your voice. Um, um, everything is stiffening. Uh, can you do this? And maybe even invite them, can you do it a bit more? So you become more aware of your style. And from there, then I suggest, uh, okay, what, what happens if you start to let go this pattern? For example, breathe more, use your voice, start to move, um, become angry uh, towards me because I'm creating the pain uh, or whatever. I don't know, whatever comes. But we're looking then for a variation of what was there before. And usually that enables a switch in the state and it enables the structure, and not only that structure, but the whole body to start like, Oof, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to another state, and and uh, most of the time it goes in a style of uh, uh, allowing something and the surrender to the to the intensity of what is there, and depending on what structure is, when the muscles let go usually they become soft and they are very soft and they're not painful anymore. Even if, and they keep pressing the same or even harder, but because there's not the resistance anymore towards uh, the kind of protective tissue, the protection is gone, usually it's not painful anymore. That's not completely true for belly or stuff or, or, or like deep fascia structures or organs, then letting go might even create a kind of more intense pain. Uh, or a different kind of pain, but still they can be with it. Um, I think uh, there was another part of the question. What was the last, uh, what uh, the second part of the question? What uh, are the conditions that allow for that to happen? I mean, I think we've touched on it partially with the creating a safe environment and being so verbally connected. Yeah, it's this. It's not, I really consider, you know, I, I uh, people often say like, wow, what do you do? I say, actually, I do nothing. I just provide a space of learning. The client does. It's really this, you know, it's really the client creates the change. It's not me. Yeah, you have this on your website. I show you some doors, but you have to walk through it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, your website is, 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 is quite old and I need to update it, but, but it's still very true for me. It's like, Hey, it's your choice, which doors you walk through. And this is, and, and, and that's why I consider body learning and, and, and creating a learning, uh, kind of context rather than a treatment where I fix you. I, I'm not very attracted to fixing people because usually then they come back if they learn something they get a choice um and talking about what are the the, the parameters of creating it um learning becomes uh learning starts when it becomes challenging so you can get out of your comfort zone because if you're in your comfort zone usually there's not too much learning there's like repeating what you know already so I want to create a kind of setting and the experience where people are challenged and not overwhelmed. Uh, because when they're overwhelmed, there's no learning, there's just surviving. Yeah. Uh, so it's 
the clients and, and my responsibility, both of us, to keep it in the sweet spot of challenging experience, not overwhelming and not boring. Yeah. There's something coming through for me about like, I'm kind of imagining your physical space in my head and it's like a safe space to really explore pain of different types, which might sound straightforward or something, but I think that actually it's very hard to be a facilitator who can, it takes, I think it takes an immense amount of like your own work uh, to get to a point where you can really hold space for people's pain effectively, pain of all kinds. Um, I'm not sure where's the question in there. Not really a question, just what yeah. I'm like. What I'm, yeah. What I'm, no, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. My, my, my own capacity to be with people's pains is, uh, uh, is the limit of what the client uh, can allow. Do you have any specific advice for um, finding that window between challenging and overwhelm and staying there? of what you would consider overwhelmed when you start to, to disassociate when you start to numb out um, um, yeah it's an interesting question it's this kind of signals uh, where I'm looking for it's like um, um, but there's also people who uh, who their pattern is I have to be strong. So, so for them, it, it, it's, it's already a place where they actually start from a place of numbness uh, or at least ignorance. And uh, and it's interesting for some people when, uh, when, when, they, when they try to be good clients, uh, there's a, a certain type of, of, of clients who try to be good clients and 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 th and think they have to suffer through everything even if if we explicitly agreed it's not with the part that actually they come out like actually this was too much now for me and I'm like okay great this is your first learning that you start to do to, to feel your boundaries and I'm not happy that this happened but I'm like, I, I would prefer that it doesn't need to be in that style. Um, and I'm, what I said in my own learning, I became more aware of that, that like um, in my wording, the way how I present things uh, are becoming more like, um, for example, uh, when people ask me, what, how do I lay down? I, I like to work on the skin because I'm a body worker on being on the skin. but for, what I really learned the la the, throughout the last uh, the 10 years or in, but uh, was like, it's much more important that you feel safe and not distracted uh, by your nudity or non-nudity, by what you have on or not. So please, more than what is important for me, it's important what is important for you. So and we will can find always arrangement uh, like putting an extra sheet on top of it, or, or allowing my hand under the under the uh, under the sh shirt on the belly or something, where or I can work on the shirt or like like we find that was a way with, which um, 
which feels um, non-destructive or overwhelming in that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love what you said about like even laying on your back is a lot for some people. Like I think when I was, I couldn't even sleep on my back for a long time because of that reason. Like I always slept on curled up on my side. <laughs> um, and that's not even with anyone else there. <laughs> Um, I'm intrigued by this overlap between the worlds of somatics, dance, and theater because I notice it so much. I I'm always paying attention to people in somatics that I think are doing interesting work, and I I often notice that they either have a background in dance or theater. So I'm curious mm. how your background in in dance and acting um, does it feel relevant to what you do now. Well, it was first like like being a dancer, which was my first uh, way of, of being. I didn't share that part before before I became a dancer. I was a whiz kid in school. I came straight out gymnasium, uh, straight out of high school, working uh, in a computer company as a computer programmer, and I studied technical physics as a as a as a background. And around the same time when I did my final exams in high school, I was like, wow, dancing is really cool, but I'm too old to start with it. Oh, I should shit. I should have been 10 or 11 doing this cover, this, this love. And when I was 19, I started to do dance classes and then and with 20 more and more, and it became like this intrinsic, like, wow, I really love this. I need to do this more. And I used a lot of the money I earned in my computer's uh, side job next to studying. I used for paying dance classes and and it became so big that I said, I really want to study this deeply. And then I moved to Amsterdam or I looked for several schools. And even then I wasn't convinced or I told myself, I'm not sure if I want to become a dancer, but I want to learn it better. Um, uh, there was a bit little side pass. Uh, but so there was like this, 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 this sense of I want to experience myself in a bodily way and in a movement way, which really brought me to this thing. And what I mentioned already, the Alexander Technique then uh, helped me to realize what that. Um, well, there were several uh, dance schools which refused me because they said I'm too stiff and there's nothing you can do about it. And I believed them for these teachers because they they are teachers for 20 years in a professional school they must know so if they tell me i'm too stiff for this thing i can then then who am i to doubt that and and then i found start to find out that it's not true and that they couldn't teach me how to let go but other people were able to show me how to let go and and that brought me into this place so actually there's maybe much more choice than what what i thought there is and then I started to explore more of the things as uh, I, I dived also in a bit in martial arts, in Tai Chi and Aikido. And, and, and there's a lot of philosophical background in, in that kind of movement arts around things. So, um, and then a lot of what it means to be on stage, the kind of um, um, using your presence, using spatial awareness, uh, using connection to the audience, um, um, using vulnerability, I was 
very often um, um, yeah um, I think one of my best performance quality was that I could be really like transparent and really like like uh, very vulnerable and people would I, I had people in the audience who started to cry just seeing me without knowing exactly why, what is happening and I didn't understand as well only later I understood that I allowed myself to to be vulnerable on stage which I didn't allow myself in real life but on, on stage it felt safe behind the role to, to show parts in of me which which um, which uh, which really touch people um, and that brought me to this quest on the, on the long run it, not in the first hand with body work but but later on when I started to work with actors when I was invited to to uh, to be a teacher in an acting school is like, hey, where's this place of vulnerability where you can allow yourself to use your demons for very authentic play and very, very in the moment thing. And, and um, I, um, I, I did for many years a course which was called uh, Working with Obstacles. And the, and the line was, uh, was uh, uh, face your demons. It was like it became like a, a line which which I used a lot with my students, and they they knew it as well. It was like, can you be with this place uh, and and allow other people do to to see you in this place? And and many of my students had the best ever performance when when we filmed this, and many didn't. They couldn't do it yet, or the the course was too short, or it was too scary, or whatever. But but many of the people had had the absolute highlight in their in their school career, in this block, and and that really intrigued me, and 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 showed me also it's it's this place of freedom where we can be vulnerable if we want to be. Um, so I did and and a practical way like being a performer, you need to be mindfulness. You know, to really you need to be in the presence. And you need to be able to use your imagination and to embody your Im imagination. To be somebody uh, else, not only from, uh, from a conceptual point of view, but in, in, in as much as possible in, your, in any cell of your body, whilst you're aware that you're not that person. You inhabit that another, another person. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you find um, the talk about vulnerability? I'm wondering. Do you feel that you can be vulnerable in your work now? I'm absolutely. Am. I'm absolutely vulnerable. Um, and. Uh, There's the deeper purpose for me. Uh, why why I still like this work and why I explore apart from curiosity and learning new things. It's um. It's this place of um, feeling. This kind of openness and vulnerable connection. Yeah, what you said before about it feeling less like um. You're giving a treatment to somebody and more like yeah. Uh... 
I was, I would, I don't remember what you said. I was thinking of it as a dance when you were describing it earlier, but so it, that's it is, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's true. It's, it's, it's a, it's a exploration in togetherness a learning experience together. Right. And it's a mutual learning process. It really is. I learned so much about myself with my clients and, 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 and I have the privilege to get paid for that. How beautiful is that? You know, like, like to, 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 to learn from the other people, to learn about life, to learn about, uh, connection. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, um, yeah, not tiring. It's really, really, it's really, how is it, revigorating or something? I don't know if, the, if I use this word now correctly, but it really juvenates me, it really chooses me. And I usually have a work, or the last years, I work uh, often, and when I work with clients, I work 11 hours in a row. Like, uh, and uh, like eight clients uh, with still a, always just a quarter in between. Um, I do intermediate fasting on these days. I only eat in the evening after after I finish. And usually I come out uh, satisfied. Energized and satisfied. Energized and not, like, I mean, I'm, I have a full day work. I'm not like, yeah, well, I'm, of course, yes, but I'm not like, um, like broken or whatever. And, and, and whatever, I usually come out like, yeah, wow. I had this, I had, uh, usually, yeah, I, I really measure, measure and, 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 uh, I do feel that this one, by becoming older, they're going to slow down a bit. But for me, for me, it doesn't feel like work anymore. So much like, I need to work now. We're creating a learning experience for you. Can you be with pain? Can you be with fear? And, and usually when the client opens up their vulnerability or, or and finding access to this freedom, my system opens up with them. I'm like, wow. So, yeah. Do I find vulnerability? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm curious about WeFlow. When I was looking at the some of the modalities listed on your site, this is the one yeah. that it seemed the least obvious to me how it applies to your work. Um, could you talk a little bit about what WeFlow is and how it plays into your work? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it, 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 how, it, how it works and works. Well, WeFlow is a practice uh, uh, which uh, you, can, you can use in daily life, at work, in your business, in solo, in group. You know, it's like, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a practice I encountered on, um, on Circling Festival. I, they, they, the main uh, originator. His name is uh, Stéphane uh, Segadori, a Frenchman living in Amsterdam. Um, he originally, I think he comes from business consulting. 
uh, and uh, but he also had a lot of practice in, 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 in awareness training and integral theory and all kind of things. And what I really learned from WeFlow is uh, creating like a, a, a space, a we space together uh, of mutual learning and, and dropping effort, being playful, um, um, giving freedom. Uh, I learned a lot of uh, awareness tools in it, like not bodywork tools, but more from Buddhism coming, or I don't know where they are all drawn off. I, 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 I did not track and trace them, but, but this concept of um, seeing yourself, lim seeing yourself and others limitless, um, for example, is one of the things whenever I feel like I'm doing too much effort or a client, I can, oh, there's a problem with the client. Hey, if I think there's a problem, I don't see him limitless. What 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 is come, what is happening here? And usually, when I cannot see him limitless, usually I can't see myself limitless. So, um, where do I feel limited right now? Ah, it's this. And then I, I can drop. I I can see the the potential and the qualities of the client again a bit bigger, bigger. So. What 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 uh, we flows? It has a very intentional culture. So you you put intentions out and and you work on them, and it really tries to bring yourself and other into flow, and to to empower yourself and others. Um, in we flow, we don't call we don't. There's not a practitioner, but there's stewards. Um, there's this. Um, you don't give advice. You give backup. So people dropping down in a wisdom. Um, there's like, hey, it's already there. It's already here. Uh, how can we facilitate a space where you where you can start to drop your assumption about you not being able and, 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 and actually finding the place where you're able to do things. And, and uh, so there's a lot about this kind of dropping into states, not so much from a, from a purely bodily state, but more like from an embodied mind state. Um, and it's very action driven in that sense that it's like, hey, what do I need to or what is very alive in me right now? What is like, hey, I, I how can I? Um, yeah, how can I go into action about what is important to me? And can I be honest to myself what is important to me right now? and cannot drop these things and and playfulness is a lot of what i learned in weflow um, my sessions are much more fun since i since i i really um i really learned to 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 see that like i'm very sincere in, in my work but not so ser serious anymore how do, you, uh, how do you bring that in specifically how, how how do you make your sessions more playful or allow them to be of certain patterns and not, <laughs> and not the tragedy you know it's like how heavy can we make it for ourselves or saying like hey what are we doing now it's not when i see the clients are trying to do it good you know all the time it's like hey what about uh, just exploring you know oh, what would it be you know it's like it's about choices it's not about finding the, the perfect way um and uh i had a couple of clients which are which are 
struggling with burnouts and, 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 and feeling themselves constantly as a failure. And it's like, where's the playfulness, you know, and where's the, where's the longing in you? Not only the, the, the I have to, but I want to um, transformation. And do you want to? Uh, and if not, then what is the consequence if you don't want to? What would you like as well, you know? And there's a kind of, um, Weeflo has many tools for, for actually for uh, organizational structures as well, a lot as well for, for like, um, like a whole business organization. We, we, when in the training we touched like, you know, like from the very beginning, creating clarity, uh, who, who is the one in charge? What is the purpose of things? Um, um, where th this is the kind of world I'm not familiar with because I'm not coming from business world. And I learned a bit of it. Uh, and there's different levels of where we flow can uh, 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 um, uh, give tools for, for a more uh, uh, bring people into flow and in a we flow uh, creativity space. Um, it was the tools, especially which what uh, is about creativity, which um, which helped me. But also my workshops now. When I set up my workshop, it's like I'm in the beginning of my first workshop. I, I put out my principles. You know, people ask me what are you doing. We would like to learn. Don't you want to give a workshop? And I start to think what I'm doing, and I start to write. I have this, this, um, these are like my background principles. And in my last workshops, I present them much less as a principles, but as a agreements. Hey, can we agree to use, to try these things out rather than this is a principle. And that's what I really, what, what, what uh, uh, WeFlow really taught me is like this co-creation of a space together where we constantly uh, check in ourselves to what we agree and taking responsibility for our experience um, and, 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 help and use each other uh, as a, a mirror to ourselves uh, to, to, for personal growth and to, uh, yeah, professional growth, spiritual growth, whatever it is. So it's, so it, it, it laid for me a big base of how, how I create spaces, safe spaces in that sense as well. And there's a, a, some concrete tools, which I, you said about how much talking is, I do have clients which come much where there's very little touch them. There might be my hand might be on their sternum for the whole session because we, we do something about, but it's not about it. The touch is just like a little crowning of the place. It's mostly about sharing their experience verbally and how to, how to navigate the experience into a place of, uh, uh, dropping assumptions about themselves, dropping assumptions about other people, owning their own experience, um, um, seeing where they, where they limit themselves uh, from an old belief and these things. And it, it's not, it, it's an embodied experience because it's, 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 they, they notice, but it's not 
uh, experience based on on what I do with my touch to create change in the body. That's so interesting. It, it sounds kind of similar to circling the way that you're describing it, but more um, active or something. Yeah, that, that was it. Stefan also is a circling facilitator and an authentic rel relating uh, facilitator. And from what I know, the, the, the emergence of WeFlow was like a, it came from a kind of playground lab of 20 different practitioners going together and, and, and throwing in all the tools and the knowledge and 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 see and find, trying to find out what is effective on many levels like uh, trying different tools and a set of tools um, and circling is is definitely a part of it uh, of what it is uh, and creating we space and from what i know a lot seems to be based on integral theory uh, uh, which i'm not super familiar in i i, I touched it during the thing but it for me, it felt no. I, I wasn't too drawn to it, uh, too much to the theory of it. Um, what I can, but all of these things again. I think we, uh, talking is uh, the better is to have the experience. So if you're really interested, my recommendation for you would do do there there regularly free uh, group tasters uh, online. Um, so if you're really interested to in what a WeFlow experience could be and what could, could what, uh, um, then I recommend you to, to inscribe one of the free events. I, I can email you the, the calendar or something. Um, and, uh, but for me, it's a lot about empowering the other, you know, uh, and, um, and, and create space of empowering rather, rather than doing something for the other it's 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 not coaching or or things it's 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 really creating spaces of self-empowerment okay i think i'm gonna give you a choice for which you would like the last question to be i'm gonna i'm gonna give you two options so one would be what patterns and shifts have you noticed in the 20 or so years that you've been doing this like directions that the industry itself is going or the way that maybe tension and emotional patterns show up and have showed up in clients over the years. That's one option. Or if you would like to talk about your teaching more, the workshops that you do, anything in that process that's been surprising or really fun for you. Mm. Shared already uh, a bit about what what the workshops surprise. I think I'm more drawn to the first question. Right. Uh, what I noticed uh, in terms of, of of industry is a couple of things. One is um, is. Um, that a general awareness more about trauma is coming. There's more and more awareness um, in society 
that uh, that traumas uh, are happening and have different shapes than the what was the classical image before uh, then just a violent you know the one but there's a lot of silent traumas in the last few years at least in my awareness and I think it's not only my awareness but the collective awareness the the context of developmental traumas became much more uh, uh, awareness and so there's much more trauma informants uh, in, in, in many practices. I can see also there's really a shift in, in tantric communities um, that um, uh, space holding, you know, like, like, um, like uh, the whole concept, the whole idea of consent and what people want and, and possibly triggering traumas and how might trauma look like or how might a person being in a traumatic state uh, look like? Uh, there's much more sensitivity for that. Um, what I noticed as well, uh, the, at least the last 10 years, that the, the term polyvagal uh, really became uh, very prominent in the, in the field. You know, I, I have connection, uh, uh, like Feldenkrais and Alexander Techniques or whatever. They had the personal theory about bodies and and, and they and it was part of the teaching. And some of them uh, have proven uh, being uh, on some parts fundamentally wrong in terms of anatomics or whatever. Uh, but now, now everybody talks about polyvagal and sympathetic and parasympathetic and about dorsal and ventral and all these kind of things. And even in that, um, I, I see a lot of simplification up to a point of complete wrongness. Um, but it becomes like a, a common understanding that uh, like, hey, there's a nervous system and we can be we can be calm, we can be activated, and we can be overwhelmed or something like this. Um, there's more fluidity between between uh, different uh, things, uh, and at the same time, there's incre incredible increase of uh, of schools and modalities and methodologies. Um, and what, what, what was really new for me and, uh, and it became actually, uh, my awareness started in, I think around this in 2016, 2017, then things became online, like in Zoom. Uh, that is one big shift that, that now facilitating uh, a majority of facilitating and of teaching is, is like not in, in person or in real life events, but in, in, in online thing. And, and of, obviously with the pandemic, it really took a flight and it became super popular. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised what is possible with, with, with online and Zoom and video call. And at the same time, it was really quite clear to me that this is not what what I want my I'm so into touch and one thing so um, there's a certain 
jealousy to the people who are, who are willing to do that because it, it, it broadens up and it makes group work scalable to, I don't know how, I mean, I heard about events being with 1,000 or 2,000 people, uh, which is also on an economic level, it seems to be very profitable. And me being only with one-on-one -on -one clients, sometimes it feels like, hmm, I wouldn't mind the access end. Um, but if I drop into what my longing is, it's, 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 uh, it's physical closeness, real life experience and the possibility to, to, to touch and having this kind of interaction and let my hands talk. Um, so I think this is uh, what, um, what, um, what, there was the question, uh, uh, emotional patterns, yeah, different tensional emotional patterns. Yeah. What I say, the, the, the whole concept of, uh, when I started body work, it was mostly about yourself and your traumas. And now it's much more awareness about relational, um, patterns and how, how that, uh, impacts us and how, how things like attunement or misattunement can create a kind of uh, pattern uh, around. And when it was really surprising when I discovered that I had patterns around uh, not feeling seen. I think for my parents, this whole concept would have been very abstract. Uh, coming from a work, a work, the whole idea like, what do you mean you don't feel seen? Uh, it, it wouldn't, it would be, uh, yeah, it would be meaningless to them. And now there's awareness. Now this is, can have actually a heavy impact, you know, like uh, I, uh, on, on, on the way how I develop and how I behave and my pleasing, uh, my pleasing patterns or my patterns that I have to deliver before I feel accepted. Uh, or I have to make an effort uh, to, to feel part of a community and I'm not just enough for myself. I think this really, at least in my world, uh, became much more prominent. I, I, my assumption is that this is true. It's not only true because of my own uh, uh, awareness, but as a general uh, collective awareness that this is a, is a real impact on us. Yeah, nice. Are there any um, newer modalities or schools that maybe you haven't tried, but you kind of have your eye on, or they're interesting to you? Uh, many, 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 many. Uh, uh, I mean, one I heard already for. Uh, 10, 15 years would really, really uh, attract, would attract me if, if time and uh, time would be not a limiting resources and, and money as well, but mostly time. Uh, NARM, uh, it, it's really, because it really taps into this interconnection and, 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 and attachment traumas thing. Uh, I would be very, very interested. Um, I'm by buying an, a friend slash acquaintance uh i got pointed to a neuroaffective touch um which also like i i i um, i i saw now some models uh, from a recorded online class uh, from a course 
and she starts with um, from the point of view of of uh, how how conceiving and up till the delivery what what already might be impact on that things I've, there's a certain skeptic on that for me how far that is traceable but there's some 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 working models around that how that might be ingrained into your cells and be able to do be uh, coming in contact with them with these kind of uh, experiences without ever being able to verbalize but somehow sense like like a, like falling into a bottomless pit or things like this like because these sensations i encounter regularly with clients and and this uh, model or this theory says it's connected with this and this thing so there, there's i think that it's this modalities i'm i'm interested to and my other way is completely the other way it's about um I grew up, as I said, I grew up very Catholic, and for me, they, uh, in in a style or the the kind of message I got is was very hierarchic. God is punishing if you don't live a good life, and so for me, the the words God and the religions are very um, loaded. And I was uh, in an advanced circling training last October. And we were, and 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 uh, some of the practices. Uh, John, the, who who held the, the thing, was talking about God, and I felt triggered, and I, I brought it in the circle. I feel really triggered with this word, and and you know, I said, and then he said, well, if you use the word the unknown, so yeah, I can agree to unknown. I know how how I can drop into unknown. Uh, so. My personal path is I I I am taking speed on okay where where is my trauma around the word religion spirituality God uh, divine all these words I feel like a, a, a cynical emotion coming up and for me cynical is a is a sign of a un, uh, an unresolved pain. Um, so, so there's a curiosity there. What, what I can explore about this, uh, I had for many years this, this uh, like the same cynical reaction on the word laugh. Somebody tell me he loves me or whatever, and I felt immediately cynical, like non-belief and 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 things. And and this is not present anymore. So I I, I could imagine the cynical voice also gets uh, softened out when with some more practice around what spirituality might mean for me uh, and and if I'm if I might talk about God in a way where I feel not triggered myself or or I'm not feel triggered by other people uh, talking about God because I know what it could mean for myself uh, in my in my own sense without this Catholic uh, image yeah it makes me wonder what would happen with like what clients would come to you after that, like you were saying before with the sexuality thing, and then clients started coming to you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious as well. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and that's uh, that. Uh, yeah, and one of the questions was like, how how you keep it sustainable and interesting? It's this, you know, it's it's this like learning, and there's so much more space, and and every time. I learn something and sometimes I learn something with a certain client 
and then this type of clients come more and I can apply it more or we can explore this more so so for them I, I can't imagine that I ever step working uh, stop working honestly I, I think you're gonna slow down and at one point to have less clients and you know stand up later in the morning and go home earlier or these kind of things or but I can't imagine that right now I can't imagine I stop working that's great it gives me a lot of time to get to Amsterdam and get a session with you <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Uh, to, to, anything, um, anything that we've talked about today that you would like to touch back on? Anything that would um, bring a feeling of completeness for you in the conversation? Not specifically. Um, I think what is really present in me somehow the question about how the the vulnerability about me bringing my vulnerability uh, really brought me in touch with that, and 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 I am still a lot with my love for my work and my love for my clients and the people, and I, I just talking about it and notice again uh, also going into my into my voice and uh, so I want to I want to thank you for that and and and, and yeah I'm, I I think I feel it as a gift that that what stays for me of this talk is actually connecting with my love for for the people I encounter and um, they they I feel privileged that they come to me and then we work together. Oh, perfect. That's uh, that's I'm very happy if that's what if that's what we accomplished in our conversation. Yeah, thank you so much, Marcus. It's really, really nice to meet you and um, just get to hear about your world, the thing that you're always doing for people, you know, trying mm. to enter into your world. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Now you're saying this, I'm really curious uh, if, if that is what's happening for people. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious uh, to hear if that, uh, if that is happening for people. Or if it's happening for you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, it feels like it to me. I mean, I think it's part of my job too, is to to draw you out. So I hope that I've, I hope that I've done that. No, definitely. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thanks, Marcus.